World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. You know, I'm reminded this morning, excuse me, as we're we're, uh, off and running here at Coach Dave Live, uh, show number 1,878. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. I was reminded this morning as I was doing my, doing my show prep, one of the most profound questions in all of the scripture is when Jesus Christ is standing before Pilate. And uh, Pilate says, are you a king? And Jesus answering, answered him and said, uh, those are your words, not mine, basically is what he said. He said, for this purpose came I into the world, that I might bear witness to the truth. And Pilate, looked, looking the embodiment of truth, right in the face, Pilate said, hey, dude, what's the truth? You know, that question is still never answered, is it? What's the truth? And every one of you who are in here today, whether or not you know it, you've been programmed by the culture and society and denominationalism, churches and pastors and Oprah, that you're all to seek and follow your truth. But that isn't what the Lord said. The Lord said, you shall know the truth. And the truth, if you know it, will set you free. And I have come to the realization, maybe in the last 10, 15 years of my life, that I've been taught a lot of stuff's not true. And so have you. And the miracle, I was thinking about this today, I said, Lord, am I a juggler? Do I juggle? Am I a juggler in a circus? Or am I a lion tamer in a jungle? Because if I were to look, sit down with each and every one of you who are in this queue today, or watching, not in the queue, watching wherever you're watching. Do you have any idea how many things we would not agree on? Do you have any idea? The number of things that we would not agree on. Now, there's a true, I'm going to, I got, I got something fabulous to share with you today. I'll, I'll get to it in a bit. <clears throat> I try to be about truth. And I'm not afraid to say, I don't know, or here's the hardest part. I'm sorry, that's wrong. That's wrong. And I want, want all of you to know that I take your trust. I take it very, very seriously. I try to be a trustworthy man. I try to tell you the truth as I see it. But that doesn't mean I'm right. And I'm not afraid to, I don't like the word corrected. I don't mind being redirected if I'm, if I'm off. I don't mind. I, really, I don't. Do you guys you guys ever work for anybody or do you know anybody that if you counter anything they say, they're, they're almost incorrigible? They just suck their thumb and they're absolutely right and they're stomping their foot. And See, that's, that's, that's one of the most foolish things that you can ever do, not be open to uh, different perspectives. Not different truths because there's only one truth. But I can tell you this, your perspective and your life your life experiences in a lot of ways, they really shape the truth in you. And I'm reminded I, 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 by, I love that song by Andre Crouch. I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. I want you to ponder that a second. I didn't think it could happen till it happened to me. And that that that's in a lot of lot of 
boy, a lot of different directions, a lot of different ways. And uh, the amazing thing is that you get most of you, I got to be honest, most of you keep coming back. And I think it says a lot about you that you keep coming back. Because uh, we have a lot of different opinion, opinions on a lot of different things. And every one of you who have that opinion think you have the truth. Yeah, there it is. Amen. Huh? Amen. I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. Just, 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 uh, just play two minutes of that real quick. Because uh, I, want, I, want I don't know if you can tell this. I'm kind of looking over my shoulder to what we discussed yesterday. And I, th- I, I want to kind of brush over that again because I think it's really, really important. I got some uh, housekeeping. We got to get done some stuff. But listen to this. I didn't, I didn't think it could be to have, just play, just play, just play a little bit of that, brother. Go ahead. Think it could be to what happened to me. Hey, girl. Break it. Okay, you can cut it off. Get it? Huh? Head knowledge is always, always subservient to experience. It It always is, man. It always is. And I didn't think it could be. It'll happen to me. I'll never forget when I met, first met Steve Deck. Steve, maybe you'll remember this. We were in uh, uh, New York, Long, Long Island, if I remember right, out there to, at a conference. One of the speakers was John Ramirez, former Satanist, former Illuminati member, John Ramirez. And John Ramirez uh, started casting out demons right there in, in that... <laughs> Right there in the, in the meeting. And you should have seen some of the Christians run for the hills. You remember that deck? You, do you remember that? Some of those big name Christians ran for the hills when demons began to manifest, right? And I sat there. I sat there. I got as close as I could, man. I, I, wanted, I wanted to see it. And see, I would have never believed it till I saw it. <laughs> I would have never believed it. I saw it. And then I saw it happen to somebody that I knew. I'd have never believed it till I saw it. And can I tell you something? That's okay. Huh? What, a, what a doubting Thomas. See, they called him doubting Thomas. He wasn't really doubting. He, he's just like me and you. He said, look, I saw that dude get crucified. I saw them beat him to a pulp. I saw, him, I saw them hang, hanging up on that cross. I saw him put him in the ground. And I'm sorry, boys. You say he rose again until I can put my fingers in his side. And I can put my fingers in the nails. I'm sorry, I ain't going to believe it. He ain't doubting Thomas. He's rational, Thomas. <laughs> right? He's rational. He said, I ain't going to believe that. I can't put, I ain't going to believe it. Folks, listen, you will never, ever, 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 ever be able to prove the supernatural until it happens to you. You'll never be able to prove it. And, uh, Amen, coach. Yeah, I'm just telling you, man. I, I, I I share. I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, yeah. That whole that whole speaking in tongues stuff. That that's below me. Oh yeah, till it happens to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So we gotta be careful. And again, one of the things uh, one of the things I think is so amazing that I've been able 
we've been able to keep this crew together. (laughs) Whether you know it or not, boy, you guys are so rooted in your doctrine. And you are so rooted in your doctrine, convinced you are right when there's a whole denominations that think opposite of you. (laughs) But we're still friends, right? Some of you, some some of you come back. Some of you don't come back. Some of you get offended. I mean, it's okay. And that's, you know, am I a lion tamer or or a juggler in a circus? I I don't know. So I want to dig into some of that. I got some really interesting stuff I want want to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about Freemasonry. I want to talk, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, let me, before I get that, here's a question you need to to ask yourself. Really, really, really. Who can you trust? Who do you trust? Who do you trust? That's a tough one, isn't it? The tough one. I got my antenna up all the time. All the time. Because the truth is, it is human nature in all of us. That most of us want to get near to people, places, or things that we think will be an advantage to us. I don't want you to miss what I'm saying. We are drawn to people that we think can help us. If, if you if you if you miss this, you miss you miss much a lot of life. When you run into somebody, you meet somebody, whatever it is, well, first question you you that comes up in your in your carnal nature. First thing that comes up in your carnal nature is, what can this person do for me? Anybody willing to admit that other than me? Huh? Boy, if I can just meet this person, what can they, maybe they can do this for me. Man, if I can just meet this person, maybe they can do that for me. So I want you to know that usually the first, uh, when, you, when you come into a new relationship, meet somebody new, first thing you come into is, how is this going to be advantageous for me? That's a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough horse to hop off of. When you make it about you and what I'm going to get out of it. And can I tell you the truth? That's, that's become the heart of modern Christianity. What can Jesus do for me? So you have to ask yourselves, who can I trust? What can you trust? How do you know what you can trust? Because we were talking about Tucker Carlson yesterday. Can you trust Tucker Carlson? Can I trust Rush Limbaugh? Can I trust Mark Trump? Can I trust Chad Estes? Can I trust my wife? And those questions are, they're always there, aren't they? Because why? Again, it's it's the nature of man. It's the nature of man. That's why the scripture says that foolish and unlearned questions avoid, because they engender strifes. Strifes of what? Foolish and unlearned questions. You don't know, I don't know. Stupid, why are we arguing about it? Why are we arguing about it? Can an Illuminati member be saved? I'll just just throw that out there. Can an Illuminati member be saved? Could Tucker Carlson, if he's part of the Illuminati, can he be saved? Depends. Can he be saved? Not not depends. Can he be saved? If he repents. Well, I don't want to get too deep into this. I'm trying to I'm trying to connect a little bit of yesterday to where I'm going today. I got I got some stuff I got to get ahead of here real quick. Okay, um, Mel, come on in. Talk about what we're doing there in uh, the um, get my brain working here in Boston with the the. Um, my brain's dead, Mel. Go. Yeah. So it, this weekend's coming up. We're attacking it with zeal. Um, we're praying for the uh, people who are street preaching, the people in Boston who are awake. Um, you know, Coach has been in contact with them. They're they're very much against this. So there's a there's a strong presence in Boston. This Saturday, we're going to do our second, um, you know, prayer <laughs> live with Coach Dave on Saturday at eight o'clock at night. I'm going to be pushing this out on social media. If you'd like to do that too, you can just copy the link, go to the website and copy the link and you can push it out anywhere. If you're on the Liberty Action Network Facebook page, I'll be putting it there. You can just reshare mine, but um, yeah, it's time to get the word out on this. So we have a good turnout on Saturday at eight. That's it. Thanks coach. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. I'm going to do my best to be part. I don't know what's going on in the schedule in, in Texas. I'm being in Texas. We'll, we're going to make it happen. I, I appreciate appreciate that. Who can you trust? What can you trust? Look, I got, uh, oh, I got him. Pull up that NutraSwish thing. Uh, I, I want to explain this to you, folks. When you, when you go to a website 
when the thing's going to pop up to you is uh, a new posting we put on about this Nutri-Swish. I did a show on uh, Monday on my Brideon show. It's new, not new sponsor, but stuff. It's the coast, folks, this stuff is my wife. My, I'm, I'm taking it too. It's, it's really good stuff. So I did, did a show on Brideon about it. That's why it's on my homepage because there was no place for these people to go and learn more about uh, Nutri-Swish. It's got a product called A New Me, and I'm not going to get into it now. You can go look at it. It's posted. But if you go to our website and you say, what's this? Well, that, that's what it's about, right? And they're a sponsor, and yeah, we get a little bit of a kickback for every one of those things we sell. So I didn't want you to be shocked when you got there. I thought, what the heck? What the heck is this all about? All right? Cool. Um, did that? Did, oh, yeah. The um, annual event. Pull that up there real quick, Spence. Annual event. Got it up there. Uh, there's a date, July 9, 10, 11, Sunday. You'll leave out on Sunday. You'll come in on Friday. you leave out on Sunday. More information. Put it on your calendar book. Please come if you can come. And uh, we are we do have to charge. Uh, so we're charged $75. Listen, I have to rent tents. I have to wear port-a-pons, potties, yada, yada, yada. This includes all food. This includes your meals. Can you go to can you go to can you do can you go to McDonald's and get anything for less than twelve bucks? I don't know if you can. So I'm not apologizing for it. Uh, Registration is now open. We'd love to have as many of you come. We'll talk more about that later on. What some of the things we got planned? It's going to be good. Going to be real. Fellowship will be um, will be unbelievable. Cool. Um, Hey, you want to please the Lord? I got this from uh, I I think it was from David. I think I got it from Dave this morning. I can't make it so much stuff. Three questions you should ask the Lord. You ready for those three questions about your life? You want to be more effective in your life, living your life? Number one, what am I doing? Lord, what am I doing that you would like me to stop? What if you ask the Lord that every day? Lord, what am I doing that you'd like me to stop? Hmm. Number two, what am I not doing that you'd like me to start? Procrastination is a thief, right? We all know that. And number three, what am I doing that you want me to keep doing? Three questions. What am I not doing that you want me to do? What am I doing that you don't want me to do? And what am I doing that you want me to keep doing? That's pretty profound, isn't it? If we just look at our lives, get yeah. I was on a... Uh, I was on a good conference call yesterday with some, I'm not going to name drop. It was good. I had a good, good conference call. And they, they, everybody asked the same question. What can we do to get people involved, to get people motivated? <clears throat> That's a good question. That's a good place to start. And I think, as, I was bragging with myself after our shows, I would talk to my wife. I, I said this. I, do you guys know of any other ministry that's doing what we do? Actually encouraging, training, and getting people out involved. Do you, does anybody know anybody else that's doing that? No. And, and why? Why, why, is, why is that not? We have to take a serious look at that. Why? Where are we dropping the ball? Not we here. but Yes, we here, but we in general. Why is our team so inactive does anybody know anybody have a have a view on that i'm i'm kind of leaving my script here because i got some good stuff here but i'm coming back the other coaches aren't the other coaches aren't the other coaches aren't trained we we don't have we don't have good coaches we don't have good coach glenn i made that very i made that point and we want the neighbors to do it and we want what we want to sit on our butts and we want other people to do the work. Why, why, why Betty? Why do we sit on our butt and want others to do it? Glenn, why do we have bad why, why do we have bad leaders? Go ahead, Betty. Just because like they're not taught and they don't want to offend anybody and they got fear. Fear? What do you say, Glenn? They have their own agenda. Uh they 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 are pursuing uh their own franchise. Uh, and so it's all about them and what their objective is. Not, it's not about the body. It's not about uh, moving the ball forward in the, for the kingdom. 
it, they don't it's even, about they, that's right. they don't even they don't even understand that glenn they do not understand like a marty army moves the church of god says the old uh, the old hymn right they do not understand that they are part of a bigger thing that's going on they don't they don't, they don't understand it they don't understand it it's like uh you know like i can always go back to football it's like a good quarterback spends all of his time honing his art but what good is it if he doesn't have somebody can catch it and so they're like a quarterback and they the churches train themselves they're the quarterback and they never never dawned on them that they're supposed to get in a huddle and throw the ball to somebody can catch it and never that never enters their mind and People are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Boy, I got some hands up, boy. Uh, I want to hear. What, what is it? Because, look, I'm going to go to this big event this week. I've, there's some big-name dudes out there. How I got in there, well, I know how, how Brad helped me get in there. How I got in there with some of those guys, I don't, I don't have any idea. But I'm going to tell you this, ain't none of them got a plan. David Summerall maybe has a plan to try to get the J6ers out, but other than that, they, nobody has a plan. So I'm going to go to another conference where everybody's going to tell me how bad it is and how I know it. I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in. Stop my mind from wandering, right? We, we, we don't fix the holes. We see the holes, but we don't fix them. It's like, I, it's, it's, it's baffling to me that we see the problem, know the answer to the problem, and don't execute a plan. It's it's the Lord must be set up with his arms full tapping his foot, looking down at us thinking, geez, peasy. Right? Because every problem we see has a spiritual cure to it. Every problem we see has a spiritual cure, a spiritual root and a spiritual cure. And those of us who have the answer won't fix the hole. Bernie. Yeah, thanks, coach. Um, one of the things that we're not filled Hey, with I want you to do, do me a favor. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Yeah. Hey, um, who's John Spencer? Spencer. Yes, sir. Close the chat. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. We're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. If we were filled with the Holy Spirit, we'd have real power and it would be God's power. But what, what things separate us? The things that separate us are our sins. And, you know, we were just mentioning somebody. So, yeah, we'll repent. Well, repent is great. But do we abhor our sins? I mean, are we really going to come clean with God? Mm. And boy, God, boy, you know, right? Are we really, are we just like, oh, well, do we think that, no, that sin is really bad? Or do we think like, oh, I'm not too, I'm okay. How about how about this one, Bernie? Yeah. Is, is fear a sin? No, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You're not even started if you don't have the, that type of respect. Fear is respect. That's why I have some safety stuff on on my saws, okay? Because that that thing can can take your finger off in a in a, in a heartbeat, right? But is okay. fear but but is fear of man a sin, Bernie? Well, no, because, because fear, I, of man, I, fear, fear, fear 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 of man is is a sin. I mean, depends. Well, the problem is that we have to define our terms, okay? Right. I mean, do we do we fear man more than we fear God? I mean, I mean you, how would you, you answer you, you your boss? How would you answer that, Bernie? My father, all right, when I'm growing up, or even fearing, okay, hang on, hang on. You take me, you're taking okay. me in the weeds. You're taking me in yeah. the weeds. Does Sorry, the okay. average does the average Christian fear man or God? Oh, they they they, they, they fear man because they they that's they right. don't trust God to deliver them or to do what's that's right. right. That's right. That's right. They fear man, not God. Dale. Fear God, not man, right? Well, Coach, you know, Jesus spoke in parables so that the listeners had an understanding. And the other day you talked about the locker room. Brother, it was a great analogy. You open up your locker, there's your helmet, there's your breastplate, right? But yep. Brother, when the locker room's got a 65-inch flat-screen TV with the game on, the coach <laughs> and the team are sitting in there. They'd rather watch the game than engage the game. Yeah. Brother, I see that when you're talking about the pastors, and the people, they're they're they 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 have a sincerity. They really believe in all of this stuff, but they rather watch you engage than yep, they yep. themselves. Because I think Dale, I think number one, again, it goes back to fear, right? 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we do not teach the fear of the Lord. And I've used this illustration before. In my own life, I came to Christ out of fear. Well, Coach, they don't want to get their uniforms dirty. There's a photo op they got to go to. Yes, but the point I'm making is people don't fear the Lord. They come to the Lord for life enhancement. You come and be a Christian and you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and you'll be happy, and all your fears will go away. And soon Jesus will be here, and we'll be out of him, we'll be with him all the time in heaven, when he's recruited us into an army. It's not, that's not even taught. And you, you're, to be af- you're to be afraid of the general, aren't you? Aren't you to be afraid of him? I think so. When's the last sermon you heard in your church regarding the fear of the Lord? Fear, fear God. Fear God. Coach, fear him. Put up the definition, coach. Fear? Webster's. Put Webster up there, Mr. Webster's fear. Man, I'm nowhere where I was heading, but it's okay. Fear. A painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of an impending danger. There it is. Fear expresses less apprehension than dread and dread less than terror and flight. Fear is anxiety and solitude. Uh, uh, fear is the passion of our nature which excites us to provide for our security on the approach of evil so you will not stand up and speak at a at a at a school board meeting for fear of what others might think of you for fear of what they might do to your child for fear 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 whether we know it or not fear motivates us all and i wonder how many of you would stand up and testify in front of the lord if he happened to come into the room if you were in a school board meeting and they were talking about cutting off the, the tally racker of little boys and Jesus Christ walked back in the room, in the back of the room, and you saw him come in, I wonder how many of you would remain mute? Or would you get up on your feet and show off about how much you're fighting for him, right? Well, Coach, you just hit it. I know I did. I know I did. But instead, we're more fearful of men. Other men are looking at us. We're fearful of what they're going to say, the opinions of others, right? Joseph. Yeah, Coach, was fear in the Bible 365 times? There's more than that, I think, though, but yes. Yeah. Because, Joe, not Joe, fear. Joe, it's every day. It, it's a constant battle. Right. Fear, fear is a constant battle, folks. Constant. Now, and we're talking about the people that are, are facing evil, facing people that are child abduction, all this that's going on. And what happened in the Bible? They only picked 300 men to follow these people and take them out. Mm-hmm. So it's particular people that mm-hmm. that could do this, that's in this group. What only needs one, he only needs one to work through. No matter where you are, he only, yep. he only, needs, he only needs one vessel to work through. Amen. Mel. Yeah, thanks, Coach. So, you know, I talk about silos, and I was thinking about it as you posed the question. You know, in the Bible, it talks about body parts, but I think that where we're at right now is that we're disconnected body parts. You know, we have a we have a church that's a hand. It might be a really excellent hand. Amen. It, Amen. It's not connected to the body. So we've got disconnected hands. We've got disconnected legs, but they're not connected. So right. I, I just think that, you know, I think that we're, we're too separate. We've got to learn how to get together and um, and to be the church, not to develop you know, perfect hands. We need to be the whole body. And when we're all together, working together, we're perfect because God makes us perfect. And, you know, with his Holy spirit, um, you know, having the temple within us that keeps us, you know, it, it's our direction. It keeps us going in the right direction. Thanks so Mel, so Mel, I went to, I went to Rob Pugh's event last week, two weeks ago, whenever it was, had fabulous speakers. It was really, really good. And when I had an opportunity, I said, how many pastors in here? Hmm? How many pastors? Did you raise your hand for your pastor? I think two hands went up. Two hands. How will you? How can you be a leader if you will not go get the information to lead with? How can you? How can you do it? There's no hunger. There's no hunger for it. Sadly, Alan. Coach, I'll just pee off on what Bernie said. A bunch of people out there think they're filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're not. Yes. I mean, you just look at King Saul. He was a foot taller than every other man, so he was over seven foot tall. 
So it don't matter how big you are, don't matter how what what you look like. David come out of nowhere, some teenage boy, and he was led of the Spirit of God. If we're not led by the Spirit of God, we're not going to stand up. When I was in the police academy, the provost of the college came to me and said, "Hey, your classmates picked you to be to do the benediction." I said, "No problem." And I'm sitting there in front of her desk, and she said, "I just have one request of you." I said, "Yes, ma'am. Whatever you need." She said, "I don't care what you say and what you do, but you only pray." in god's name you don't use jesus you don't. and i got up out my chair politely i pushed my chair in i said ma'am i don't pray in nothing but the name of jesus <laughs> i began to walk out she said hold on a minute mrs arthur hold on a minute hold on a minute sit back down sit back down see i made a i made a stand right That's there right. in the stand i drew the line I, I was i didn't get a banner i didn't get a megaphone i didn't have a sign i didn't have a protest i stood up and said not this ain't happening. I don't I don't operate that way. It's Amen. time for the, the body of Christ to stand up, but we have to be led of the Amen. spirit. Because Look, that woman, she, she probably made a half a million dollars a year and I wasn't making jack. And I stood up and told her no. She probably mm. ain't used to being told no. But Jesus, he's either king or he's nothing. Amen. Amen. Who do you who do you serve, right? Amen. 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 Oh, bravery. Is more often shown than, than taught. Coach, I want to tell you too, the main reason I wanted to meet you when you, when you were talking about that earlier is because of the things you had already went through. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't expecting anything from you. I just thought it a pleasure and an honor to be able to meet you because of the stand you made. I didn't have any way of getting in touch with you or getting a hold of you back way back then. And, you know, we were in the same venue as far as coaching this and that. And I just looked up to you, and I admire the stand that you took for the kingdom. Well, thank you, Alan. We admire courage, folks. All of us, all of us admire courage. And people criticize courageous people because they're looking at their own heart, and they know that they're not courageous. And so the only way they can make the courageous look crazy is to accuse them of being crazy. I'm a Christian, but I don't like that guy. That guy's a fanatic. Kendra, come on in. I really feel like if we just die to ourselves every single day, like we, it's not about us anymore, and we fully sur surrender to the Holy Spirit, then it, we don't care what people think about us anymore. We let the Holy Spirit work in and through us, and then the work gets done. And Amen. I'm not. So, so Kendra, well said. Now, look, folks, uh, an assault on me is an assault on truth. I don't take it personally anymore. Yeah. I used to. I used to. But when I'm speaking the truth and they attack me, they're attacking the Lord. They're not attacking me. Amen. And if, if we would get that mindset that look, they they believe something else, they're not gonna like it what I'm gonna say. Say it anyway, dude. Amen. Got to say it anyway. Got to say it anyway, George. Yes, Coach. Not everybody has that fear of what other people think. Last night at two o'clock in the morning, I pulled up um, that when somebody abuses the child. I just can't let it happen. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put it in the chat what I sent to 500 people last night at 2 in the morning. Thank I got you. it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks George. Randy. Folks, I'm going to, I'm going to head to something here, man. So make it short, short if you can. Okay. No no more after the show. Go ahead, Randy. I'm sorry. Coach, I, wrote, I just wrote down a few notes here, just listening to everyone here. Uh, one, only bravery conquers fear. Amen. Two, only the Holy Spirit being filled with the spirit is how you walk against fear is how you walk in the power of God. And I think Kendra hit it, hit nailed it pretty good there. Yes. And coach, if you notice the connection between fear and the soul, and then you notice the connection between faith and the spirit, you're, you're going to make a decision in a moment, mm -hmm. faith or fear, faith or fear. We saw that in COVID everybody masked up or they didn't, they got vaxxed or they didn't. You chose, you made a choice. When, you, when you're in the spirit and you're filled with the spirit, coach, you always go with faith and you always walk in the power of God. <laughs> hey, hey, Randy, it ain't there. easy. It ain't easy, but faith is your fallback. It's a default position. That is my default position. Not fear, faith. And when I'm in a room, sometimes I'm doing my best not to raise my hand. I don't want to do it. Ah! Coach, there comes a day when you say, I, I want to raise my hand. I, yes. 
not because you want to be recognized, but because you know you're delivering the word of I God. Said, the power I of God. know the result of what I'm about to say. And I think, oh, Lord, do I have to do that? And I'm busting inside because, yes, I have to do that. And hold your ears. I couldn't give a shit what they think. I'm going to say the truth. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jamie Farrell. Good unmute, Jamie. I just saw you pop up there. Well, you figured it out. Rochelle, go ahead. I'll be quick, Coach. Good morning, Good. team. Um, just when you were talking about the fear of the Lord, what came to my mind was, you know, in Revelation, John, the apostle that Jesus loved, was scared out of his mind when he yep. saw what Jesus was now and the power he had and authority he had. Um and, you know, everybody's got that little piece of paper that they use to cover up their camera on their on their laptop. Yeah. Well, my little piece of paper that I use to cover up that camera to keep the world out, it's got the name of Jesus written across it. Because <laughs> Jesus, you can't cover up his camera. He sees what you're doing all the time. Amen. So do it right. Yeah. He's Thanks. watching. He's watching. He sees your cowardice. Myra, then Jeff Nell. And then, go ahead, go ahead. Myra, can't hear you. Jeff. I'm sorry. I'm here. Go. Yes. Uh, in uh, Concerning um, trust and fear, I know something that comes, um, it comes loud and clear every time you come over and um, you tell us, and that is... Um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, Myra. Jeff now, then George, then stop. I'm going to, I'm going somewhere. Go, Jeff. Hey, hey Coach, when I was training the word of uh, Senate Bill 172 by taking away parental rights so the children can get their castrations done, one pastor said to me, well, Jeff, you have your ministry and we have ours. Yeah. Leave us alone. When it comes to fear and stuff, I, I remember uh, Colossians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. says, brethren, if a man be overtaken into in a fault, Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spiritual of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Thank you. See, fear can be motivating, right? The thought that they're going to teach that to my child and ruin my child's life ought to motivate you. It's the right kind of fear, see? It's called righteous indignation. It's one of the legs of fear. George. George, your hands up. Did you want to get in? Get number pull number one up for me. Uh, is it Spencer? I didn't. I've been ranting so much. Today. I think it's Spencer. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Pull that up there, folks. I'm going to. This is so powerful. I'm going to do this. Okay. This is a. This is a, a video. But I don't want. I, I want no sound as you play it, Spencer, because I want to read it because it's exactly what we're talking about here. Exactly what we're talking about. So this is, you guys know who, who Solzhenitsyn is, right? In 1974, he, he, he spoke what I'm, or he wrote what I'm about to share with you here today. So just, Spencer, go ahead and turn this on and go to about the, uh, go, go beyond this. Keep, keep moving. Turn the sound off. Keep going. Right there. Live not by lies, okay? There was a time when we dared not rustle or whisper. But now we write and read some zot and congregating in the smoking rooms of research institutes hardly complain to each other of all they are muddling up, of all they're dragging us into. There's that unnecessary bravado around our ventures into space. It's a backdrop of ruin and poverty at home, and the buttressing of distant savage regimens, and the kindling of civil wars, and the ill-thought-out cultivation of Mao Zedong, in the end, we'll be the ones sent out against him. And we'll have to go, what, what other options will there be? And they put whomever they want on trial. And they brand the healthy as mentally ill. 
and it is always they while we are helpless. This is this is Solzhenitsyn talking about the communist plan. This is the way it works, okay? We're approaching the brink, he says. Already a universal spiritual demise is upon us. A physical one is about to flare up and engulf us and our children while we continue to smile sheepishly and babble. But what can we do to stop it? We haven't the strength. We have, we have so hopelessly seeded our humanity that for the modest handouts of today, we're ready to surrender all our principles, our soul, all the labors of our ancestors, all the prospects of our descendants, anything to avoid disrupting our meager existence. We've lost our strength, our pride, our passion. We don't even fear a common nuclear death. Do not fear a third world war, but fear only to take a civic stand. We hope only not to stray from the herd, not to set out from our own and risk suddenly living, having to make do without the white bread, the hot water heater, and a nice house someplace. We've internalized well the lessons drummed into us by the state. We're forever content and comfortable with its premise. We cannot escape the environment, the social conditions. They shape us. Being, being determines the consciousness. What we have to do with this, we can do nothing. But we can. We can do everything. Even if we comfort and lie to ourselves that this is not so. It is not they who are guilty of everything, but we ourselves, we're guilty. Some will counter, but really there's nothing to be done. Our mouths are gagged. No one listens to us. No one asks us. How can we make them listen to us? Make them reconsider is impossible. The natural thing would be simply not to reelect them. But there are no re-elections in our country. In the West, they have strikes, protest marches, but we are too coward, too scared. How does one just give up one's job and just go out onto the street? All the other fateful means resorted to over the last century of Russia's bitter history are even less fitting for us today. True, let's not fall back on them. Today, when all the axes have hewn what they hacked, when all that was sown has borne fruit, we can see how lost, how drugged were those conceited youths who sought through terror, bloody uprisings, and civil war to make the country just and content. No thank you, fathers of enlightenment. We now know that the vileness of the means begets the vileness of the results. Let our hands be clean. So has the circle closed? So is there indeed no way out? So the only thing to do is wait inertly? What if something just happens by itself? But it will never come unstuck by itself. If we all every day continue to acknowledge, glorify, and strengthen it, it will not at the least recoil from its most vulnerable point, from lies. When violence burst onto the peaceful human condition, its face is flushed with self-assurance. It displays on its banner and proclaims, I am violence. Make way. Step aside. I will crush you. The violent ages swiftly. A few years pass and it's no longer sure of itself. To prop itself up, to appear decent, it will, without fail, call forth its ally. Lies. When violence fails, lies show up. For violence has nothing to cover itself with but lies. And lies can only persist through violence. Didn't I write about that last week? And it's not every day and not on every shoulder that violence brings down its heavy hand. Oh, no, no. It depends. It demands of us only a submission to the lies, a daily participation in the deceit. And this suffices as our fealty. And therein we find, neglected by us, the simplest, the most accessible key to our liberation, a personal non-participation in lies. Don't participate in lies! Even if all is covered by lies, even if all is under their rule, let us resist in the smallest way. Let their rule hold not through me. I ain't calling anybody she, him, her, it. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Amen. Amen. And this is is the way to break out of this imaginary encirclement of our inertness. 
the easiest way for us and the most devastating for the lies. For when people renounce lies, lies simply cease to exist. They're like parasites. They can only survive. The lie can only survive when attached to a person. That's right. We're not all called upon to step out into the square and shout out the truth to say out loud what we think. This is scary. We're not ready. But let us at least refuse to say what we do not think. Will you stop saying what you don't think with somebody else putting your head? Will you stop doing it? This is the way then, the easiest and most accessible for us, given our deep-seated organic cowardice, much easier than it's scary even to utter the words civil disobedience. Our way must be never knowingly support lies. Say that again. Never knowingly support lies. Amen. Having understood where the lie begins, and many see this line differently, step back from that gangrenous edge. Let us not glue back the flaking scales of the ideology, not gather back its crumbling bones or patch together its decomposing garb, and we will be amazed how swiftly and helplessly that lie will fail away. That which is destined to be naked will be exposed as such to the world. Will you stop saying there's a separation between the church and the state? Will you stop saying you can't pray in public? Will you stop saying we can't teach Christianity to our children? You see this? You guys see this? And that's overcoming our temerity, our cowardice. Let each man choose. Will he remain our witting servant of the lies? Needless to say, not due to natural predisposition, but in order to provide a living for his family to rear the children in the spirit of lies. You not only won't fight back against lies, you raise your children in life. You teach them evolution in school. Where's the time come for him to stand straight as an honest man worthy of the respect of his children and contemporaries. And from that day onward, he, you ready, friends? He will not write, sign, nor publish in any way a single line distorting so far as he can see the truth. Number two, he will not utter such a line in private or in public conversation, nor read it from the crib sheet, nor speak it from the role of character, canvasser, teacher, actor. He's not going to utter a lie, ever. Not going to love, not going to do it. He will not in painting, sculpture, photograph, technology, or music depict, support, or broadcast a single false thought, a single distortion of the truth as he discerns it. He will not cite in writing or in speech a single guiding quote for gratification, insurance, for success at work, unless he fully shares the cited thought and believes that it fits the context precisely. will not be forced to a demonstration or a rally if it runs counter to his desire and his will. Excuse me. He will not take up and raise a banner or a slogan in which he does not fully believe. He will not raise a hand and vote for a proposal which he does not sincerely support. He will not vote openly or in secret ballot for a candidate whom he deems dubious and unworthy. He will not be impelled to a meeting where a forced and distorted discussion is expected to take place, where you're going to have to comply and be one of the team members. He will at once walk out from a session, meeting, lecture, play, or film as soon as he hears the speaker utter a lie, ideological drivel, or shameless propaganda. Get up and walk out. You will not subscribe to nor buy in retail a newspaper or journal that distorts or hides the underlying facts. This is by no means an exhaustive list of the possible and necessary ways of evading evading lies. But he who begins to cleanse himself will, with a cleansed, cleansed eye, easily discern yet other opportunities. In other words, once you do it, baby, you're going to do it again. Then at first, it will not be fair. Someone will have to temporarily lose his job. For the young who seek to live by truth, this will at first severely complicate their life. 
for their tests and their quizzes, too, are stuffed with lies. So choices will have to be made. But there's no loophole left for anyone who seeks to be honest. Not even for a day, not even in the safest technical occupations can he avoid even a single one of the listed choices. To be made in favor of either truth or lies, in favor of spiritual independence or spiritual servility. And as for him who lacks the courage to defend even his own soul, let him not brag of his progressive views, boast of his status as an academician or as a recognized artist or distinguished citizen or a general. Let him say to himself plainly, I am coward, a cattle. I am a coward. I seek only warmth and to eat all I can stuff down my throat. For us, we've grown staid over time. Even this most moderate path of resistance will not be easy to set out upon. But how much easier it is than self-emulation or even a hunger strike. Flames will not engulf your body. Your eyes will not pop out from the heat. And your family will always have at least a piece of black bread to wash down with a glass of clear water. Betrayed and deceived by us, did not a great Europe people, European people, the checklist box, show us how one can stand down the tanks with bare chest alone, as long as inside it beats a worthy heart? It not be an easy path, perhaps, but it's the easiest among those that lie before us. Not an easy choice for the body, but the only choice for the soul. Not an easy path, but then we've already have among us people, dozens even, who have for years abided by all these rules who live by the truth. And so we not need not be the first to set out on this path. Ours is but to join. The more of us set out together, the thicker our ranks the easier and shorter will this path be for all of us. If we become thousands, they will not cope. They will be unable to touch us. If we grow to tens of thousands, we will not recognize our country. But if we shrink away, then let us cease complaining that someone does not let us draw breath because we do it to ourselves. Let us then cower and hunker down while our comrades, the biologists, bring closer the day when our thoughts can be read and our genes altered. And if from this also we shrink away, then we're hopeless, worthless. And it is not of us that America asks with scorn. Why offer herds their liberation? Their heritage each generation, the yoke with jingles, the whip. That's a boom, isn't it, boys? The boom. Is that a boom? Amen. Live not by lies. Right? Amazing. It, it is amazing. Put that in the chat because I know others want to. Somebody reads it, okay? Somebody, when you play the YouTube video, some guy's reading it. But I thought, no, I'm going to read that. I'm going to read that. And so we have to, we're living in a We're living in a day and age where truth is guaranteed to get you in trouble. Do you understand that, folks? Do you understand that at the heart of the spiritual war lies lie and truth? That is the jumping off point in this cultural spiritual war that we find ourselves in. We don't even have pastors who are defenders of the truth willing to stand up in the pulpit and say that a little boy cannot be a little girl. Amen. Something as simple and basic as that. They won't say that. And so lies rule the day. Lies rule the day. Come on in, Randy. Coach, if if this would have been written in 60 AD in the times of the apostles, it would have been in the Bible. It would have been in the New Testament. Yeah, that's truth, huh? 1974, February 12th, 1974. Amazing, amazing. And here we are again. Reggie. 
Coach, I was just telling Dennis a little while ago, if Coach would have known me in my 30s, man, we would have been raised in hell because I, what I learned, my, my statement is what I learned through all the years since I've been a little girl, I don't know why, when lies are spoken, I have to say something. That's why I'm always seems to be fighting. You might have people tell me, pick a battle, pick your battles. No, I don't pick my battles. God picks my battles. And one of the things like I've gone against my chief of police in front of the student priests, I wouldn't uh, kiss their ring. I wouldn't kneel. I wouldn't kneel to bishops. I would call them vipers. I have always done this. And what I learned through that, and it's not that I'm afraid now, it's just I've learned. And it doesn't mean I won't do it again, but I've always been alone. I kid you not, nobody. Not one person, even though others were bitching and complaining, wouldn't stand with me. And it just happens over and over. And they're afraid. And they always had a reason to be afraid. My kids go to that school. That's our church. That's our priest. We're supposed, it just, it's on, the list goes on and on. And I don't know how to fix that. It's it's eye trouble. Me, my, mind trouble. That's what it is, right? Folks, when you're defending truth, it's not about you. Don't you, don't you, don't you, don't we understand that? That if we allow truth to fall in the streets, it destroys everybody. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about truth. It's about defending the truth. How can we remain so silent when lies are ruling the day? Other than we're afraid. What are they going to say? My wife's going to get mad at me. I, I go some places and I, I raise my hand and I feel those around me go, oh, because they know I'm going to pass some gas on them. Come on, Roger. Dave, if I came into a debate, whether it would be the morning queue or some other debate, and I said, oh, come on. I want to kind of talk about this transgender boys getting their penises cut. Can't we dialogue and yeah. talk about yeah, 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 yeah. Would we not say, hell no? Should. We should. Not say, hell no. And I believe our following of scripture should be no less adamant on issues that are foundational. We should be at the city council meeting saying, hell no. And this is why. Um, Because I think dialogue is wonderful, but there are some truth topics that the response is, hell no. Amen. Amen. Roger, we permit them to teach our children they came from monkeys with no truth to it at all. How long have we been teaching that? Is there anything that has undermined the faith of young children than to be raised in their home that they were created in the image of God. God has a wonderful plan for their life. And then they go to school that you send them to, and the teacher says, oh, no, 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 no. You you, you came from monkeys. We can show well, you scientifically and, here. You came from monkeys. And, and, Dave, I would say, as you look at scriptural issues, when we say the sovereignty of God, and people say, well, I don't really agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My right, response right. is, hell no. You are biblically, scripturally wrong. Mm. There is truth of right and wrong that Amen. flows in our cultural issues. That's right. As well as our biblical issues. Amen. Amen. Hey, folks, look, we've got a minute left, minute and a half left. I want you to ask yourself this right now. If you got out a piece of paper and were to make a list, Ask yourself, write down on this list, the lies told to you by science. Anybody want to start? (laughs) Anybody want to start? Because, see, they've convinced us that science is honest. (laughs) Bible. ah, And just just start running down the litany of things that they've told you about science that we know is not the truth. Look at the pandemic. Just in the last three years in our lives, the lies they told us, and we didn't even oppose them. They told us to shut down the church. We didn't even oppose it. Why? Oh, might look bad in the public. Uh, We want to be good citizens here. All, All freaking lies. All freaking lies. All of it's lies. All of it. So here's the good news. Get on your horse. Shadow up your horses. Huh? 
Saddle up your horses, boys and girls, because we are the ones, we are the knights on those horses that are going to go ram the lie. We got, that's us. That's us. Amen. Your pastor is a coward. He isn't going to do it. Amen. But you're here. You're in Coach Dave Live. That's what we do here. We crush lies. See you tomorrow.